fun. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Physique Collective podcast. Brad, on your airways today, I am joined by a special guest, Mr. Joppo himself, who is actually going to be interviewing me. So we're on um, a, a new style of podcast where we're going to be going through who the members of the Physique Collective are. So I guess I'm handing it over to a Big Jop himself now to take the podcast from here. Hey, Broski. So, mate, first of all, thank you for thank you for having me on this uh, this rejuvenated, regenerated uh, Physique Collective podcast. Like I said um, prior to recording this, did the episode with Joe, which was an absolute blast. Uh, and then today's one, which I, I'm super excited for. I was just saying to saying to Kirk from a minute ago that I was about to record with you, uh, and he said he's looking forward to hearing that. Um, mate, we're probably going to start things from the beginning, which I think is a, always a good thing and a good way to start a podcast, especially when we're in the realm of physique development and gym and training and, and I guess bodybuilding made simple, uh, physique development made simple. Do you, and you can talk me through this entire process, do you remember the first ever time you, you stepped in a gym? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Um I, I guess there's two memorable kind of like uh, points for me. One would be the first, first time in high school. Okay. Um, when I was like the high school gym and I kind of walked in and like, I, I was a very different person at high school. Like, okay. It, it was almost like night and day. I was that the guy that sat in the back of the class, didn't pay attention, bit of a class clown, delved into the wrong types of things in school. And I remember walking into the gym, I was like, this ain't for me. And, <laughs> I don't belong in here. Like, what is this? Like, <laughs> it looks like way too much effort. Um, but deep down, I always had this like desire to bodybuild. I always yep. wanted to look like Arnie, like Stallone, like the typical kind of cartoons we grew up watching, like He Man and shit like that. So, yeah, I knew deep down that I wanted to be in there, but I was almost kind of like lying to myself of like, yeah, I don't belong here. Like, yeah. The school bike sheds and just smoke because because <laughs> I'm cool. Um, so yeah, that was my first kind of exposure. The other time was when uh, I was probably in my early twenties, and I was like, right, I'm actually going to join a gym. I'm I'm going to join a gym. And I remember walking in to uh, it was Click Fitness in Ipswich then, and just I walked in the wrong time, peak evening, like oh it yeah, rammed like five five p.m. Yeah, man, like the height of summer, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is ridiculous. Everyone's looking at me. Like, I don't belong here. This is this is not okay. Um, and, yeah, I remember, like, walking up to one of the personal trainers. I was like, oh, can I uh, can I get a gym tour? And he was like, oh, you don't need me to walk you around. Just just walk around and just see what you think. And I was like, oh, great. This is this is going from fabulous to even better. Like, Incredibly daunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of like walking around just like, um, I think I know what I'm doing. I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm doing. Just walking yeah. equipment, just nodding and going, yeah, yeah. Um, that was my first kind of real deep kind of exposure to the gym. Where I was like, right, if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to have to do this and just throw myself in a deep end. Did you um did you have a set program or or a set nutritional template or anything you followed in that round when you did start? No, not at all. I literally um I joined up then. I probably didn't go to the gym for maybe a week after that. Um, because I was just so nervous and so anxious and so just like, oh shit, how do I get started? 
and <clears throat> I'd watch like YouTube videos. Um, I got very heavily into CT Fletcher. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of just, to tell you the truth, I did bro split. It was like every day was arm day, back day. I just kind of did what I felt was good. Yeah. Uh, I had no set structure. I was around eight and a half stone when I first started training. So I just knew that I had wow. to eat, like just trying to eat everything. Do you remember those um <clears throat> those old nourishment cans with like the ring pool at the top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tin ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was basically living off them. I was okay. four of those a day. Yeah. Uh, just buying like loads of like pre-cooked chicken breasts from Tesco's. Okay. Yeah, this is great. I'm just going to eat loads of protein. That's going to make me wham. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> no sort of guidance, no sort of like knowledge background or anything. It's just what I thought was good. Protein equals more muscle, obviously, so I'd get wham. And yeah, pretty much my approach to it for a long, a long period of time, to be fair. And then when, when I... When I did the interview with Joe, I, I asked him a similar question and he spoke me through and he's probably told you this many times, um, the sort of diet he did when he started. And I believe it was something called, I want to say the warrior diet, something like that, or, or farmer diet, which was essentially 15 whole eggs per day, a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread. And uh, he was he was pounding that on the daily. And you said, going back to what you just said there, you were sort of around like eight stone-ish. Mate, in pounds, I did the quick math in my head, that's 112 pounds. Yep. <laughs> and what are, what are you weighing now in pounds? Uh, so this morning I was 95.2 kilos, which I believe is like 100, uh, 200 and, 210. But obviously... <laughs> In prep, so I've dieted down. I think my peak mass was 248. That is, so literally 136 pound difference from where you were in high school. Um, how old were you when you when you first stepped in gym? I know you said you were high school sort of age. I don't know, so that was, I was 20. 20 you were 20, right. So when in that sort of journey from, from being 20, uh, and obviously I know how old you are now, at what point did things get a little bit serious? And you can talk about PED use, you can talk about nutritional, um, incrementally increasing that and your adherence to that. When was like the first sort of age you got on like a proper nutritional plan? So I'd say that was probably after the first year. So I reckon around 22-ish. Okay. I knew that from the moment I started, I was obsessed. Like that first gym session hit, the pump, I was like, oh, my God, I can't lift my arms above my head. Yeah. What's going on with my biceps? Why can't I scratch my nose? This feels fucking great. I yeah. Like, I feel like an absolute warrior. I just want this to last forever. Then you kind of leave the gym 20 minutes. You're like, oh, where's that feeling gone? Like, why am I tiny again? Yeah. sucks. Um, which then led to this more, like, addictive behavior. I was, right, I need to spend as much time in the gym as physically possible. So, yeah. I did that for a long period of time, like spun my wheels for about a year. And I was just, I'm not really making much progress. Like, yeah, I became more defined. Like I built a level of muscle, but nothing kind of worth shouting about. And then I was like, right, I need to, I need to think of the next level here. And there was um, a personal trainer at the gym who competed, um, a UK BFF, he competed at. And I thought, right, okay, well, this guy's got a, a physique. He seems to know what he's talking about. Yeah start talking to this guy and I'm going to, you know, seek advice from a nutritional perspective, from a training perspective. And that's probably my first approach within that first year of 
uh, training and I followed this set plan. Like it, there was no progressive model to it, whatever. Okay, yeah. Pull, push, legs, pull, push, legs. Um, the nutrition plan, I can literally read it off now off the top of my head now. It was 100 grams of crunchy nut, 30 grams of whey. Yep. Then it was 250 grams of rice, two tins of tuna, 30 grams of mayonnaise. Ooh. Um, 500 gram of potato, 250 gram of chicken, and I think there was also 30 gram of mayonnaise with that. And then there was 50 grams of cashew nuts spread across the day. Oh, okay. Man, how I can still remember that. That I is stuck to this every yep. for over a year. I didn't have an off plan. I didn't deviate. I didn't. I was like, right, this is gonna make me a fucking bodybuilder because I'm yeah, a bodybuilder. And I was like, okay, I've grown a little bit. And I've got leaner, but I'm still not a bodybuilder. What's going on here? Um, and then that's when I kind of came into contact. He'd mentioned PDs, and I was just like, mm, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a novel kind of stimulus. It's not probably the right idea. Yeah. And I did this for over a year, made some substantial gains. But one thing I did kind of really learn about myself in that time frame was like a lot of people took the piss out of me because of how small I was. Like I adopted the nickname Bones in the gym because I was so small. Right. So he said, like, I was like skin and bones because I basically got so lean um, that I just developed the nickname Bones. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm still going to turn up. I'm still going to do what I need to do. I'm still going to do this bodybuilder thing because it's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, the the typical, you know, we, we all know it the big Dave in the gym who is juiced up to the gills, probably running grams and grams of D ball because he looks like you put a pin in him and it's water dispersed everywhere. <laughs> He's like, bro, I've been watching you for a long, long time. And, you know, I can see you put the work in. You need drugs. You just need drugs. And mm. I was just, well, this is the second time I've heard this. So it must be true. I was yeah. like, it's got to be true because I've been told this. So I was like, okay, cool. You're like triple the size of me. You, you obviously have some warrant to what you're saying because the proof is in the pudding. I can see it. Yeah. Like, oh, knowing what I know, that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i took his i took his word as gospel and i think we probably went through the entire llewellyn encyclopedia of anabolics through this time but okay to give people like a little bit of context the first exposure to drugs that i was ever put on and please like before i say this do not go and do it because it is ridiculous i was put on 700 milligrams of test 700 milligrams of trend and i think it was 150 milligrams of anadrol a day um, right which is just absurd numbers like I, I he was like yep this is what bodybuilders are taking this is you know what everybody should be running this is the god's nectar you're going to feel like an absolute king on this um and my my knowledge was non-existent you know, yeah steroids made you big and that was pretty much it and then you stick a pin in your nose um it wasn't that simple, obviously. It led to a lot of issues and complications. I, I saw I saw ridiculous gains from it. Obviously, oh, yeah. It was running a ridiculous amount of stuff. Um, but after a period of time, like, my luck ran out. Um, my liver count was almost non-existent. Uh, ended up in hospital with jaundice. Right. Yeah, just basically a bit of a shit show, to be honest. Um, which then inspired the love of education. Yes. So I then was like, right, you know, I've, I've scared myself off the gym. I was like, right, gym's not a safe place. It's not safe people. You know, what is this advice going out? 
drugs are awful, drugs are terrible. Like, and I just went away and educated myself on as much as I possibly could to do with bodybuilding, training, um, PDs, health, everything that I possibly could, you know, learning from people like Joe, learning from people like um, Dr. Scott, um, becoming your own bodybuilding coach, the, the, the book, which still to this day is like a Bible to me. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember how long ago you, you read that book? Oh, mate. Um, it was my first ever like real deep literature kind of exposure within bodybuilding. But I'm probably yeah. going to say... Well, we're now 32. I'd probably say about 23, so eight, nine years ago, maybe. Wow, okay. When you, obviously, Physique Collective um, became a thing in 2021, um, how long prior to that were you sort of following Joe and any of those other guys? Yeah, a long time, long time. I followed Joe for a very, very long time. Um, it, it, Joe was someone that I always wanted to work with, like, in the back of my mind, but... For me, and I remember saying this in 2022 or 21 before I worked with Joe. Yeah. I'm getting off stage at FitX, uh, and it's such a prominent point in my mind. So that was 21, the FitX. Yeah. And, like, I'd followed Joe for years, like, from an educational point of view, and I remember seeing him, and I was like, this is, like, the coolest man alive. (laughs) Bodybuilding. And um, I remember getting off stage. I'd placed third. And my coach looked really angry, like really pissed off. And I was like, oh man, have I done something wrong? Like, what's happened here? My coach was like, you were robbed, you were robbed, should have been first. And I was like, it is what it is. Like, you know, yeah. got a third place trophy on my first ever show. And Joe came up to me, he's like, bro, you looked fucking sick. Amazing. Oh, I was like, well, that made me feel fucking cool. Like, that's yeah. how it should have been approached. And I, I wanted to work with Joe for years, but I had in this, like, in my mindset, I was like, oh, Joe only works with like the elite. I'm not elite. Like I'm just a, a, a just an average bodybuilder. I just never thought that I would be good enough to even like consider it. Yeah. Those, those things just like never really happened. But from that moment, I was like, I will work with Joe one day. Like I want to work with him. I'm going to make sure I can do it. And like that was 2021. And I just had it in the back of my mind since then. I was like, right, this is going to happen. Yeah. Sell my left nut to be able to afford him. <laughs> but, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I, I, it, it's funny you say that because I was actually having this uh, conversation with him on Monday um, after my check in, and again, coming from what you just said there, I, I also had a similar mentality. Like, oh, okay, he only works with like the elite of the elite. You know, maybe he won't work with like this natural hobby builder. Blah 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 blah. But we were, we were talking on Monday, and um, he was actually said in my check in, and um, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he said he's incredibly grateful and it's incredibly impactful to see where perhaps we both come from and he did literally name drop us two in my check-in in because i think we both started working with him around that 2021 uh calendar year and he said it's so incredible to see how you and brad have become the friends that you are now just through this weird thing called bodybuilding you know just through being coached by him paying him for a service we've we've become i mean the three of us incredibly amazing friends and uh, and again i think that's one thing I really specifically appreciate about bodybuilding as a sport, as a, a community style feel is you do open yourself up to these people that probably have extremely, extremely similar endeavors and mindset towards things. Um, and then obviously that can just kind of snowball into like beautiful friendships and, and things like that, that, that come from it. Do you remember uh, when you got your, your first 
Google Sheets through from Joe. Uh, talk me through that process and kind of what you thought, because I know for me, looking at each individual tab, I was blown away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have to touch on like the friendship side of things because Joe and Jazz are the reason why I moved to Northampton. Because yeah. I, I, I knew instantly, I was like, these are two fucking amazing people that have come into my life. Joe's not only just progressed me as a bodybuilder, but as a person as well from a whole, whether that's an educational point, friend point, like someone I hold very, very dearly to my heart. So yeah, I have to agree with that one. Yeah. But my first kind of experience with the sheets, um, I remember I misses Leon and I was like, bro, I want to work with Joe. And he was like, he's got a three year waiting list. And I was like, I'll wait. Yeah. I don't care. Um, and I think it was like two days later, Joe messaged me. He was like, like, big man, um, I've spoken to the Physique Collective guys. Like, they all love you. Um, I'm going to take you on as a client. I was like, what? I was like, what? I thought I was going to be waiting years for this. I was like, shit. And he was like, okay, we'll like skip the formalities. Like, we'll talk about this, this, and this. This is the price. I was like, bro, I don't care what it is. Just, yeah. yeah. Send me your details and I'll ping the money over. Um, and yeah, when he sent me the sheets, I was like, what is this hieroglyphs? Oh, mate, I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go through this with a fine-tooth comb. And I remember sitting there, and I was like, I remember at this point, I was thinking, right, you know, I'm I'm a semi-decent educated person, like, not not great, you know, by any means, but I thought I understood most things. When I'm reading through this, I was like, I feel thick as shit. I was like, <laughs> I don't even want to ask him questions, because he's going to think, well, why did I take him on? Because he's dumb as fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm like sitting there, I'm like, oh no, I'm like getting all hot and sweaty and anxious. And I'm like, oh, I need to like go and read up some stuff like to understand this a little bit better. Um, but it 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 forced me again to level up. Like, yeah, the thing that I love to do is put myself in uncomfortable situations to force myself to then progress, to force myself to become better. You know, it's it's the the little fish in a big pond. Yeah, you were um again. You alluded to uh, a minute ago the the competition side of things. This this calendar year will this be your first prep uh, under Joe? Yeah, yeah. And um, again, going back to the the physique collective side of things. In the recent six months, for for anyone following your journey, for anyone following the physique collective journey, you've become uh, uh, an educator of the physique collective. Talk me through again. I, I'm quite aware of, of all this behind the scenes and stuff, but I think for the sake of the podcast, it's quite interesting to delve into this as a journey about yourself talk me through that process because obviously we met uh kind of near a year ago me and you uh, and you knew J joe prior i knew joe prior things like that um but in the time that i've known you you you've gone from being a client of his but to also becoming a, an educator for the physique collector so kind of talk me how all that come about bro i don't know it doesn't make sense <laughs> <laughs> it's just a dream yeah i still sit here every now and then and it pops into my head i'm like what like how how does, yeah. how does this even make sense like it's nuts like for me um i i very much work on like a, a moral family love like you know me well enough to know that you know i'm very much well within my morals if, if something sits well with me it sits well with me like deep in my heart and as soon as i saw the physique collective and what it was all about how they were educating how they were as a team how they were within the industry i was like that's how it should be like that's yeah. exactly what i want to see from that side of like educators or or you know influence i, I don't want to use the word influencers but you know people use that word but you know authoritative figures yeah um 
And I was just like, I would love to be a part of something like that one day. Not necessarily saying the physique collective, because I thought that was just a fucking pipe dream, but um, to be a part of something that big and that monumental and a movement with such like love and passion for what they do. Mm. And I think kind of as time went on, like I just thought to myself, I was like working with these guys is so cool. Like just being part of the physique collective from like a client perspective, I was yeah. like, this is just sick to be affiliated with these guys. Like I love it. Um, and it, it come a conversation um, I actually had with Jazz. Um, and honestly, I thank her for this so much because I was going through a bit of a tough time with my own coaching. I was burning myself out, going to every client show. I was trying to like build my reputation up on social media. I was just spinning my wheels and I felt like all my efforts were becoming just missed. I, I felt like I, I wasn't being seen. I was doing yeah. stuff and I just felt like I was just always getting pushed to the side. And I remember having a conversation with Jazz and Jazz said, whatever you do, do not stop what you are doing because it's not going missed. Like people are noticing and it will only take a matter of time. And I remember hearing that and I was like, right, if Jazz fucking believes in me, Jazz is seeing this, then I've just got to keep going. I've yeah. Going. Like it will happen. And I think it was maybe a month or two after that. Um, Joe and Jazz sat me down and had a conversation with me. They were like, we want you to be part of the physical collective. Amazing. Um, what? I was like, come again? Say it again? Like, I just, it, it did not register. I think it, it, like, it, none of it made sense. It still doesn't make sense now. Um, but yeah, it was. It, it, and I say it to Joe all the time. I was like, I feel like Joe and Jazz are the first people to actually just stop and just see what I've been trying to do. Right. Obviously, like my um, kind of online presence hasn't been that well known for that long. I, I started yeah. online um, in lockdown, obviously, because I was forced to. Before that, I was just full time one to one. Yeah. In the gym, which I'd done for years. Um, so I never really had the need to go online. I was just, you know, a fully booked personal trainer. That I was just, I was happy doing that. And then yep. lockdown here, oh, oh, my world's changed. I need to, yeah, it's very quickly. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, it's a very short period of time. So then for them to see that and kind of recognize that is again something that I'm just internally grateful for because I don't think they understand the value of that to me. Yeah, it's one thing I've noticed about you from spending, again, a lot of time with you in the sort of near near enough coming up to a year now. Um, I think August is when when we met. Um, mm. And one thing you often say a lot is, is exactly what you touched upon. It's if something sits well with you, or and that's a phrase you use all the time, You, if something sits well with you or doesn't sit well with you. And you speak about connection, and, and this is one of the, the sort of things to – completely blow smoke up your ass for the sake of this podcast which i'm sure i'll do with everyone i interview for this podcast um you speak about against things sitting well with you in connection and especially with joe and jazz and i remember one thing you said to me uh and again it always sticks with me again often if friends say things to me i, I try and bank them in my head um and remind myself of them especially if i'm feeling down having a tough time uh and you said one thing joe said to you was man Joppo is a great guy. And you said this to me. You said, you know, this is what Joe said about you. Um, so, bro, man, I love you. Uh, and again, I think based on what you've told me about sort of your past and like relationships you've had in the past, whether it be friendships, et cetera, et cetera, I'd say you're a very emotionally connective and passionate person, which I think is what makes you the coach, but also the competitor today. And uh, again, going into what you just said there about burnout, 
what talk me through that what 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 does a typical burnout look for you physically emotionally etc cetera, etc cetera? <laughs> uh, um, I recognize it well too late <laughs> I, I think for those who know me or those who have spent time with me kind of on a personal perspective I struggle to switch off yeah always doing something I either have to be learning or my phone is always glued to my hand because I want to be there for clients 24 7 I want to I want to just take things to that next level and provide a service that other people don't because that's just how I want to provide my work. I, I just, yep. well, I, it was ingrained in me from a kid, like great work, but you can do better. Yeah. You can do better, which has always sat with me, which, you know, some people call tough love, but it created the mindset and behaviors that I have now, which undoubtedly makes me the competitor that I am, the coach that I am, the, the, the progressive person that I am because I yeah. can't, sit on complacency i can't if, if i'm at some point that i've reached like a, a, a successful goal i'm like great cool but what's next where do i go from yeah that? where do i grow from that yeah uh, a typical burnout for me i i struggle it gets to the point where i really struggle with social kind of communication i'm like right i've got x y and z clients i've got x y and z competitions i've got x y and z calls consults that takes priority so yeah I think so it was like, oh, right, well, I don't want to do this social event. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this because right now I just, I can't focus. I just need to stare at a wall and just not think. Um, <clears throat> but I'm notoriously good at ignoring the signs. And then it's too late and I'm like, oh no, I'm burnt yeah. out. Yeah. It, and then the concentration's out the window, procrastination's through the roof. I'm like, why is nothing going in? And I'm like, you've been burnt out for weeks, bro. Like, Go go sit and chill. Go 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 to bed or something like yeah. The film like, but then you'll find that because you're so neurally driven, you can't sit and switch off of that film. You find yourself doing something on your phone or going, oh, yeah. I need to do this or I need to make this or I need to do this, and it's that constant more 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 mindset, which I think is probably like my biggest downfall. Because if I learn to chill out a little bit more and allow that time for comfort, downtime, downregulation then I'd probably come back more focused for other points as well. Yeah, we. It, it's interesting you say that because, again, we literally had a very similar conversation in the car the other day. Uh, me, yourself and Kerry, we, we were talking about the, sort of the, the concept of burnout. And one thing that I did for Jazz was I gave her a book. And I think this book is sort of doing the rounds of our friendship group now, uh, but it's called The Burnout Survival Kit. Um, and in that book, I've sort of annotated everything uh from my personal point of view which i think could help her and also help other people now i think is actually holly um who's got that book but again touching on the burnout thing and something we spoke about today is you do and i think this is again what makes you again the coach that you are you do have to like you said be on it to a certain point to then get to the point where you want to display yourself from a coaching point of view so i think in your mind rightfully so it's it's analyzing that process and going, okay, to be the coach I want to be, to be looked at the way I want to be, to, to have the following I want to have, I do need to be putting in this work. But then it's like you touched upon there. It's, well, actually, if I'm putting in this work all the time, am I ever giving myself a chance to recover from that work I'm putting in? And again, going back to what you said about the sort of the, the struggle you were having with with a client point of view, I, I, I mean, I know, knowing you personally, that your client roster is in a very, very good spot 
Now, talk me through the the psychological process when you're at a point where you're coaching full-time now online and you're going through that bit of a struggle with clients. What do you sort of tell yourself in those situations? Get over it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the thing. It's not, I never struggle with clients because to me, clients are priority. Clients come to me for guidance, support, reassurance motivation inspiration therefore i need to be all of those things 24 hours like a client will never know what kind of a day that i'm having because it's not their fault yeah deal with it like they need brad who is on it who is motivational who's inspirational whether i want to do that or not yeah that's who i am now that will always be who i am on social media that will always be who i am on the phone because that's what people look to me for. It's not their problem or, you know, their responsibility to look after the Brad that is tired or burnt out or, or anything like that. that that's, that's my responsibility. So from the client perspective, like I've never really struggled with that. It's when I'm off the phone or okay. the camera, like say, for example, I get off the podcast here and usually the first thing I would do is just put my head back and go, or just breathe like, <laughs> I'm just like, right, what's next on the list of things to do? So I think the thing that I need to stop doing is having a long list of things to do because that's yeah. what my, my mindset is. It's like, right, I've got this call, this meal, train, this call, this call, this call, then I'm doing this, then I'm doing this. So I think for the burnout side, it's recognizing that sometimes it's okay to not have a long list of things to do. Yeah. So like wake up one day and go, do you know what? I don't have to be managed by the clock today. I'm okay. Just chill and just let the day leisurely roll and just see where things lay. You know, as long as I get my steps done, my cardio done, my training done, my food's eating at the right times, everything else in between doesn't matter. I'm allowed to chill out. So yeah, that that that's I I like what you've touched upon there because again, um, and absolutely to your testament, you're you're a very workhorse individual, and I think for you moving by the clock working by the clock it is very much part of your personality but if you were to design for me a day for your life that doesn't include work i know how much you love what you do for a living but again you don't have to live by the clock for one day work is removed from the situation you have 24 hours to plan a day out for your absolute enjoyment and relaxation how would that look Bro, do you know what? That's such a hard question because a yeah. lot of what I do, I love so much. Like, yeah. The routine of getting up at five o'clock, going for my morning walk, listening to my morning podcasts. Yeah. Getting back, doing my last 2,000 steps around the house while I do my social media thing, like eating my breakfast and then morning check-ins. Like I, I love that routine. It's yeah. so satisfying. But I think if I had to do something like – if someone said, right, you are not allowed to do check-ins, you are not Exactly that, yeah. I think I still wake up the same time, I still have the same routine because it gets my mind in that real positive, active state of yep. positivity. More, not from a work perspective, just I'm up, I'm ready, I'm up before like the sun's up, so I feel fresh, I feel good. Um, and then I'd probably do something quite like self-love or pampering whether that be like a massage or mm. spa treatment something from that kind of like eight to like half nine window a little bit of relaxation spa treatment massage have a nice breakfast 
then I'd probably chill for a little while, watch some like Netflix or some YouTube, some bodybuilding stuff, uh, maybe some day in the life of go and train, have a sunbed. Mm. Sunbed post-training session is, is the one. Um, and then I'd go home with the biggest bowl of core. <laughs> lukewarm, melted chocolate, crushed salt over the top. Oh, yeah. And again, I'd probably sit there with like some sort of like educational thing on because I like learning while I'm eating. I love to have just like something soft and engaging in the background, but still yeah. mellow and chill. Nothing kind of like too neurologically driven. Yeah. And then probably a nice walk somewhere. Yeah. In digestive steps. Yep. And then maybe like an evening of like just chilling out with like the fam. Yeah. As we do. As, as we, we as we do. We do it a lot. <laughs> that's, that's an optimal day for me. And to be fair, like the 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 monthly meetups that we have, which I think is is essential to like our friendship group, because we are all yeah. very similar. We all have that same undeniable workhorse mindset we all have that same love and passion for what we do yeah same time like we have such a deep need for the break away from that sometimes yeah right here's an evening of just a group of people that just fucking love hanging out love doing what we do love sharing the same kind of enjoyment and passions and stuff but no phones no laptops no education no kind of like topics of that it's just chilling out and switching off and unwinding and just letting go of that and i think that's probably like most people have probably never really seen me in that situation and until kind of we started those meetups i know a lot of you guys were like i've never seen you just switch off and i'm like because i don't <laughs> yeah well that was actually going to bring me to my next question like did it is this very much a recent thing that you've sort of delved into sort of the the social connection because I know for myself prior, I was quite a sociable person, but when lockdown hit, that sort of really, I'd say interfered with my social behaviors and made me quite an introverted person beyond what I already was. But I found through, like you said, the connection that we have in our friendship group, that that sort of brought me out of my shell. Is, is that something you neglected then prior to sort of recent times? 100%. Yeah. Um, up until 2022. So I went to Dubai with Kerry at the start of the year. And then I went to Texas, obviously, with the Physique Collective crew. Before that, my last holiday or trip away was 2018. Wow. I didn't allow myself time because I was just like, right, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve yeah. it. You need to work. You need to work. You need to work. And I, I didn't have days off unless it was probably a burnout where I was like, right, I've, I've pushed the envelope way too far here. Um, I was always driven by clients. Clients always want more sessions when it was a bank holiday they were like oh can you just do a morning blah 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah i could do that easy or could you just do a sunday I'm like, yeah i could do that easy like yeah i always saw it as well i'm not doing anything else so i might as well work yeah and that's yeah. the kind of approach that i had so you know meeting you guys and you know having that opportunity to go oh do you know what like these are all people that i admire in the industry that work twice as hard in much higher positions of everything and they're allowed a day off to just chill out? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be all right with one day off. Like, I, yeah. I, I can allow that surely once a month. It, it, um, it's interesting you say that because I had this similar conversation with Joe. 
And I know through listening to him on podcasts, neglecting social situations and social events prior to prior to me meeting him definitely and just listening to him on on podcasts and stuff he de- very much neglected social time and when we did all start hanging out as a group and sort of having these regular friendship meetups i know he really opened himself up to the idea of actually him and jazz socializing with people and and i know for him he said it, it's done wonders for sort of him as a person not not necessarily him as a coach or or, or him as a, a bodybuilder in general but just him as a person do you feel like again that sort of social interaction with close friends has impacted both you the coach and you the person in a massive positive manner 100 percent. yes it's brought back brad yeah the robot the monotonous coach task driver competitor like don't get me wrong i'm still all those things throughout the, the month but you tend to find i'm not sure if you're the same but i can imagine everyone is that throughout the month that intensity builds up and you just feel the kind of, oh, I need a switch off. Like I, yeah. need, I need to just chill with everyone. And then when you have it, like you almost go into the first two weeks of the next month and just going, ah. Oh, yeah, relief. feel chilled. Like I yeah. feel de-stressed, unwound. Like, and you just get back into the routine, the the task ticking, the box ticking, the, the monotonous games that coaches and bodybuilders play. Yeah. And then again, it builds up at the end of the month. You just, again, you have that real pure social interaction of just spending time with people and just not thinking about work, not thinking about your next meal, not thinking about your next steps or, you know, another day of prep or another day of bodybuilding. It is just an essential part of growth. And I think it's definitely brought out a much better side of me, not just this robotic, obsessed kind of goal-driven person, but also... The personality side of me as well like yes yeah. humor my personality also emotions as well because i am quite a self-admitted like numb person like emotions aren't really one that register well with me so having that day of being more emotional being more present being more physical with people i'm just like oh yeah do you know what it's actually okay to show an emotion it's not weak it's not like a bad thing yeah go in because mate you're 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 a busy man uh, as we as we both know but i do want to end on sort of uh one question uh to sort of end this podcast of, of getting to know brad uh where do you see yourself and jake's gonna laugh his ass off at this question because i think i ask him every time i see him where do you see yourself in five years time bro that is such a hard question to answer because if somebody asked me this question five years ago I wouldn't even predict that I am where I am now. Yeah. If somebody said to me five years ago, right, you will be living the life that you are, in the position you are, working around the people that you are, I would have laughed in their face. Yeah. Bro, get real. Like, that ain't ever happening. So I think the best way I can answer this question is just doing what I'm doing now, just more. Yeah. Like, more improved, higher standard, higher quality, higher education, just everything. Because I wouldn't want to change what I'm doing now. I love it so much. Yeah, It's just everything of a better standard. So higher level of competitors, more competitors, more education, working on a higher level of standard from an education point of view, um, from coaching educators as well. Um, From a bodybuilding perspective, I'm pro car chasing. Like how far off I am of that at the moment, it's, it's, it's yet to be decided at the end of this year when I do 
step onto the stage, but within that five year period, I would have liked to achieve that. So it is everything that I'm doing now just more and higher and bigger standards. Perfect. Bro, that was um mate, thank you, number one, very much for for joining me on this episode. Number two, thank you for having me on the PC pod. Um, mate, I'm gonna leave leave there the the goodbye to you, my friend, and you can send the listeners on their their merry way. Tell tell them where to check you out in terms of social media and stuff. And uh, I'll hand that over to you, big man. Of course, thank you, buddy. Um, appreciate you coming on an interview. It's it's a different perspective, isn't it? Like having someone on to then interview you, the host. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's but guys, as always, thank you very much for listening. Um, of course, you can find us on the Physique Collective app. You can find us on the Physique Collective Instagram page. You can find myself on BW Coaching Animalistic on Instagram. Also on YouTube as well, um, I think. And on Spotify as well, on the Triple F podcast. Well, it is on Spotify. Um, but other than that, guys, it is a pleasure having you on as always. Always good to catch up with you all. Much love, stay blessed, and I will see you all soon. Brother, have yourself a good day, man. My G, much love, bro. See you later, brother. Bye, bye, bye.